Hi friends, welcome to the Partnership Podcast, exploring gospel partnership and generosity in the Bible, alongside stories of support raising from around our fellowship. We pray you'll be encouraged by it. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of the Partnership Podcast where we're exploring this season the Psalms and support raising and thank you Helen so much for joining me again today. Pleasure, hello. Wonderful. Helen, I'm wondering if we can just start by me asking you how has support raising impacted your relationship with God? Now see, when you asked me to think about that I found that quite a difficult question to think about because I I mean, I've been doing this, what, 20, over 20 years now, so I think it feels a little bit in the background. I think what I realised mm. early on was that God provides for me in all sorts of ways, and sometimes it's money in the bank, sometimes it's income in kind. I used to be an economist, right, so everything, all resources have value, doesn't matter whether it's only cash. And I, there, was a, there was a time when I moved into a house, um, and turns out the bloke living next to me was a peeping Tom, which just freaked me out because I was living by myself. And I rang a friend and said, I can't stay here anymore. I need to need to go. By the time I'd got to her house, um, she'd rung her sister who was a lawyer and got me legal advice. Her and her husband offered me money if I needed to break, you know, put down a new bond somewhere else and couldn't afford, you know, to do that without getting back my prior bond. Uh, and they had a bottle of wine on the table to calm me down. And I just thought um, money was one of the things that I needed and it didn't come to me through my own income, but it came through friends who stepped in. So I think I've just realised that what it's done to my relationship with God is to expand it beyond seeing support as being money, but being a much fuller kind of thing. And money can come to you in all sorts of ways, like a friend offering you money to get to break bond, not just cash in the bank through your work. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing. Well, today we're going to look at Psalm 65, which is a wonderful psalm of praise and providence, Uh, but we'll pray together before Helen reads it to us. Our God of creation, please lift our hearts today in praise and trust. Open our eyes to the wonders of your providence in creation and in your people's worship of you and fill us with good things. Give us joy in your abundant goodness and provision as we hear and dwell on this psalm. Amen. Amen. Psalm 65. For the director of music, a psalm of David, a song. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain. For so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty 
and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow, the hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Mm. Such a note of praise to begin on and such a confidence uh, there that God is the God who answers prayer. Mm. Abundantly. <laughs> that, yeah. that was the end bit. Like, abundantly enriched, filled with water. You drench it. You know, there's not just rain, there's drenching. Um a cart overflowing yeah. with abundance. So it was just all of that language of richness and overflowing that struck me. Yeah, yeah, such a, a joyful psalm. If we start kind of looking through it from the beginning, I think I was struck just there that uh, God's the God who answers prayer and just that um, that line, to you all people will come, or in the NRSV it said, to you all flesh shall come, just mm. really uh, brought to mind that image uh, in the context of God's temple and of Zion and people bringing offerings, that eschatological image of the nations bringing their wealth to God's holy mountain that you see in Isaiah 2 and other places, and just the worthiness that God has of worship and of all peoples coming to him um, in worship. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it is. Yeah, I presume that's what to you our vows will be fulfilled means. They're bringing stuff. You know, it's almost like um, they've been so overwhelmed with blessing. They're instinctive response having recognized that it's the lord who is blessed is to come mm. to come to him um yeah uh, and it's it, uh, and it, it's coming up again in verse three except it's not so much um the blessings of kind of bounty it's the blessings of forgiveness mm. you know we were overwhelmed by sins so so what what are we overwhelmed by it's it's sins, but he responds with overwhelming blessing, overwhelming forgiveness, overwhelming and flourishing creation. It's yes. wonderful, I think. Yeah, yes. And I was really struck by that image in verse 4, that we're filled with the good things of your house. I think I often think of the temple as being um, either a strict kind of holy place with lots of regulations where you might need to be a bit afraid of touching the wrong thing or going into the wrong place or as a means of providing for the priests. And I've got that image of the big kind of central fire pit, the altar where all the offerings were burnt. Um, but actually, I just reminded us that these worshippers come and talk about how they're filled with the good things of God's house. That actually, the although the burnt offerings were all burnt up, the fellowship offerings were actually mm. a meal shared by the Lord and by his priests and the worshippers. And so the image almost needs to be more like a joyful restaurant of celebration and festivities as the people enjoyed the goodness and shared um, the abundance of creation with God and with his, the leaders of his people. Um, Which may be a yeah. problem for how we think about church, right? So we think of a, about mm. it as a, I mean, a, a sacred space somehow. You go there and do reverent and holy things and that somehow is different from joyful and loud and raucous kind of fellowship things somehow they don't work together whereas you've got mm. both things happening in the same space because the god you're coming to with overwhelming forgiveness you know because of overwhelming forgiveness um is the god who doesn't just forgive you but gives you a new life and that whole new life is filled with abundance and so what do you do but celebrate i, I just mm. think it's kind of a um yeah i don't know maybe churches used to be more that um it's interesting when you go to muslim countries you know, certainly the, the mosque is the centre of all sorts of community life. Um, so you've got this picture of this whole community life around the Lord God in his temple. 
Mm, mm. And I wonder if in church you almost you do have that image a little bit more because you're at least seeing the people that you're giving to. Whereas in our context, actually, often the the way in which we're expressing fellowship with one another to give gifts and offerings, our you know donations that people give to our organisation, they can end up just becoming pragmatic transactions in our minds. But it's I think it's just really good for us to remember that there are. They are an expression of God's people offering worship to him and that we could be celebrating them as that expression of worship, although probably not as tasty as roasted lamb. (laughs) Well, it's even at a distance, though, when the money comes in, right, because it comes in electronically through a bank account. Uh, Mm. So even not only are you not kind of seeing each other and talking about it, but even the way they give can feel, even the way I give to people I, you know, financially partner with, can feel quite distant because you set up your automatic direct debit and off it goes. So I don't even think about it every month. So I, w- I wonder whether part of it is the prayer letters, right, you get. Is that where you mm. get kind of a taste of this, this joy and um, not quite community, but, you know, where, where, you, where you're getting a prayer letter and you're actually reading about the wonderful things that are happening. So you've got joy in your own salvation and then you've got joy in the, the salvation that you can see going out through the people you partner with. Mm. Yeah. And maybe just... Um, some supporter events, I think, sometimes do have that note of real celebration and fellowship and just good for us to keep cultivating that and enjoying enjoying our relationship, our fellowship together with one another, finding ways to do that if we can't come together to eat together. It, it is a change of pace, though, when you move from that, isn't it? So we've kind of got all this location in the temple, right, This that we can access yes. because of God's glorious forgiveness and because we're so excited about that, you just kind of bring your vows, you know, your praise awaits you in Zion. Um, yeah. But then we, then we go super big picture, right? God the creator. Mm. Yeah, yep, yeah. right out to the ends mm. of the earth and the farthest seas. So almost the bigness yeah. of God, the struck, um, there's nothing that's happening here that he hasn't put into place. And then you kind of move into God the provider, right? It's not just kind of a structure that's big and awesome and keeps ticking over. Um, it's almost like it's designed for flourishing and blessing and fullness. You know, there's not just enough food to keep you alive. Um, you know, the whole yes. cart can hardly move. It's so kind of yep. overwhelmed with produce. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was struck that the it's so responsive that it's God's answering us. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. And I think I often think of God's awesome and righteous deeds in the Psalms or elsewhere as being these amazing salvific events. And they are that and praise him for that. But here I think it's also just his daily provision through the creation. Um, That when it's talking about the whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, it's things like morning and evening and the fact Mm. that he waters the land, um, Mm. that that he's prepared or ordained the land to provide and just what a great source of joy, his responsiveness and his forethought about what we need is, Mm. I think. And Mm. his power is running through this, isn't it? I was reading verse, you know, read verse 7. Uh, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nations. I don't know. I, mm. you, you think about Jesus calming the storm. That's where my mind kind of goes. So his complete authority that is exercised for the good and the protection of people. Um, so it can, feel, it can feel out of control from our perspective. Uh, life mm. and the world can feel... Because it actually is from our perspective, right? It's not just it can feel out of control... That's actually a right feeling. Um, and if that's what you see, you're really, we're really struggling. 
But if we see the God who created it and the Lord Jesus who ruled it in a really kind of tangible way, it just calms you down a bit, I think, because it doesn't actually have to be under my control because it is under his control. And the way he chooses to exercise this kind of awesome power is flourishing and productivity and, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I was reminded uh, as well of Matthew 6, where Jesus is telling us to go and look at the birds of the air mm. and to look at the flowers of the field and how they don't labor or spin. If God clothes the grass of the field, which is you know here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And it, just so much in the context of our daily material needs, that we shouldn't worry, saying, what mm. shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Um, but our Heavenly Father knows that we need them. We can seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and he can give those things. And I, I don't think that's um, telling us that we don't necessarily need to work for them. But just like in this psalm, the emphasis is actually on God's God's knowledge of the fact that we need these, that he's responsive to our needs, that he is abundantly able to provide uh yeah. Mm. Now, see, I Just... believe I believe that, right? And that's what I found interesting when I was reading this psalm. I read this about the forgiveness of th- sins, and I believe that, right? I actually do, do believe that my sins are forgiven because of what Jesus did. Mm. But somehow when... So I have confidence in God's generosity there, but somehow that doesn't always filter through with the same confidence that he will provide for other needs or all of my needs. So I've just got this inconsistency, right? Because at one level, I want to say the spiritual, dealing with that side, my need there is much harder than dealing with my physical needs in a whole heap of ways. Um, mm. And I'm confident in one, but I struggle with the other a bit more. And I, I, I mean, it has a particular angle for partnership, but Kat, you were talking a little bit earlier about um, just, you know, what actually does it mean for, for you and your family to be thinking about confidence in God's provision financially? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we've our family's um, planning a big uh, trip for my husband's work at the moment, and uh, it just feels like the money things are out of our control. That the information we've been given is all over the place, um, which is fine, but it just means it's a time of financial upheaval, and it feels like we don't necessarily have control over large amounts of money coming in or going out, or what's happening with all of that. And just to be able to rest. In, I think I've actually found it very helpful reading these psalms, just thinking mm. about the fact that the Lord uh, is sovereign over that and is able to provide and just looking for the ways, I think looking for the ways to be thankful and for the recognising the generosity of God's people that we've received um, and, yeah, just his care, care in creation has mm. been really helpful. And my suspicion is, so I think my suspicion is it's actually not about whether you need to do partnership development that's not really where the issue is because mm. if it wasn't if I was in a different job right it, I'd probably have the same issue it'd just look a bit different um yeah so yeah. I, I, it's a deeper issue about what does it mean to to trust God to provide for all we need because he tells us he's that kind of God um and I think from a, just coming at it from an angle of someone who, who helps fund other things it, 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 you get the impression that having seen God provide they can't wait but turn up to Zion <laughs> And give and and you know be generous with what he's given. If we can't work yes. out how to live in this kind of confident, general, you know, confident in God's generosity to us, it actually gets really hard for anyone to be generous with what they've got, because otherwise you've got to keep it close. Because what if he stops being generous? 
right? I, I need. So that's not just about the partners, it's about me and what does it look like for me to be generous with what God provides, not just worry about whether it's going to come next month or as I just become mean, actually. And maybe that's why I worry about other people being mean because I know I'm mean. Mm, mm. Yeah. Hard things to grapple with. And mm. I think lots of people at the moment are grappling as as our whole society goes through some kind of economic uncertainty and more upheaval than we've been used to, maybe, um, actually needing to come back and rest rest yep. in God. And, and to I think the encouragement of this psalm partly is to look at God's care and creation. And I've known a number of staff, actually, who have said to me, oh, when I'm feeling really stressed about support raising, one of the best things I can do is go for a walk. And that's I've got all kinds of physiological reasons why it's excellent, an excellent thing yeah. to do. But I think, um, yeah, if you're struggling with support raising, you could do worse than go for a hike and or a walk in God's creation and actually look at the birds and the flowers and the, um, the grasslands, the wildernesses, uh, and see the way that God, God cares for his whole creation. And, and I think here in this psalm, just the way in which uh, almost like it's the creation itself. Obviously, people need to do some work to make sure that the meadows, I think in the NRSV it says the meadows were clothing themselves with flocks and that the valleys decked themselves out with grain. Almost like the emphasis is not at all on the work of the farmers who have planted that grain or of the people, the shepherds who are looking after those flocks, but just on God's arrangement of the creation mm. that, uh, that he's bringing forth abundance. And so just keeping our eyes on the picture that this is the kind of God we worship, mm. a God who provides and who answers our need and who is powerful and yet uses that power partly to give abundantly to us as an, and as a source of joy for his people. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, let's finish in prayer then. Um, let's pray together. Oh, Lord of creation, help us to cultivate thankfulness and joy in all of our partnership and support raising efforts and our existence as people in this creation. It's really easy for us to slip into transactional and worried thinking, but help us to keep looking to creation, to keep looking to you, to your word, and to keep asking you, the God who answers prayer, to see how the ways in which you are providing. We trust you and we thank you and we rejoice in you as our good God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today and we'll be back again soon. Bye for now. Bye.